name is Alexander Lorenza, and I am a clinical counselor in counseling services. My first question is, what are ways that music could be included in self-care? To me, music is an ideal form of self-care. In three to four minutes, a song can communicate just as much emotion as a 400-page novel, and it does so much more directly. As a musician, I believe this is because music is essentially mathematics, and humans are moved by symmetry and harmony in nature. The chord progressions, melodies, and balanced dynamics of a great song are demonstrations of this symmetry. And there is such a vast amount of music available to us that we can generate whatever feeling we need in the moment. If you have a long day and need motivation, listen to hip hop. It's all about the hustle and grind. If you need spiritual guidance in a tough time, lean on mature albums where the lyrics are insightful and tell a cohesive story. On a day-to-day -day basis, listen to what accurately reflects your mood. Make sure to never bring yourself down when you need to bring yourself up. 2020 has been a challenging year, and for me, music has come through as it always has. I've written and recorded stuff I am super proud of, and my musical heroes continue to inspire me with their own creations. The Lost Art of Longing by BT will bring you on a journey of beauty, sadness, and triumph. And it's a fun listen, too. Keep listening, and if you're a musician, keep creating. My second question is, substance use seems to be my go-to. I know it is not healthy, and I have tried to stop on many occasions and failed. What are some better alternatives? For many people, substance use is viewed as a way to cope with how they are feeling. Whether it is a way to shut down symptoms of anxiety, depression, or PTSD, escape from a stressful situation, or organize their thoughts because their ADHD is untreated, it is never a sustainable solution. Ultimately, substance use is a self-destructive coping skill, which has no healing value. All it does is assist us in avoiding whatever is happening in our lives. If it goes too far, then it becomes a problem on its own that we have to reckon with. As a therapist who specializes in substance abuse treatment, you can imagine that I often hear justifications for why using this or that substance is actually beneficial. And a lot of the work becomes opening our minds to healthy coping options. If you are in a pattern of problematic substance use, take a hard look at the reasons why you are doing it. And be honest with yourself about what the impact of your use actually is. You will likely discover that there is no upside to your use. If you need professional treatment, call counseling services. We are here to help. And begin conditioning yourself to choose healthy, constructive outlets when you are not feeling your best. At first, go to simple solutions. Reach out to a positive support, take a walk, listen to music, and alter your internal dialogue by encouraging yourself to engage in your life directly. My third question is, what are some inexpensive ways to treat myself every now and then? 
While retail therapy is often a go-to for people when they are stressed, that can create financial issues that far outweigh the fleeting joy we experience when we see that Amazon box on our doorsteps. Having self-compassion and a forgiving, motivating internal dialogue lends itself to giving ourselves consistent praise and rewards. We often seek validation from others and the environment around us. But if you really think about it, the only reliable source of this much needed validation has to come from us. So that being said, we should absolutely treat ourselves when we feel proud of something we accomplished or when we have persevered through a hard week and know we did our best, even if the results weren't what we expected. So grab your favorite drink from Starbucks or Dunkin', order takeout, buy a used copy of a book you've wanted to read, or download that album you want in your iTunes library permanently. We don't have to make a large purchase to mark an occasion. We just need to give ourselves small reminders that we are doing great and deserve Hello, a boost. Hello, my name is Lindsay Maxwell Morris, and I am a clinical counselor in counseling services. My first student question is, how do you create structure in your day-to-day -day routine to help you feel grounded when everything else is changing? This is a great question. I think a lot of students are struggling to feel grounded during a time where they are facing so much uncertainty. Firstly, I think it's important to remember to show ourselves compassion. Self-compassion entails being warm and understanding toward ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate, rather than ignoring our pain. In doing so, we're validating for ourselves that this is a challenging time and that it's okay to struggle with the changes around us. Creating structure is helpful for a lot of people and that it gives a person a sense of normalcy and control. So what are some ways to add structure to your day? Establishing a morning routine could be one, so waking up, taking a shower, and dressing for the day. Creating a routine will allow one to experience consistency, which can help to reduce anxiety. Using a planner to schedule your time. I mean, if you're having lots of free time during the day, um, that could feel anxiety-producing. And so identifying a schedule that can give you um, some sort of organization to your time can be helpful. Setting reminders on your phone to keep you on track could also be a possibility. Grounding techniques can help you combat feeling overwhelmed by intense emotions. Check in with yourself throughout the day and practice grounding techniques to keep you relaxed and present. Practice five senses exercises where you list five things that you're experiencing in reference to your five senses. So for example, I, fear, I hear an airplane, I see a blue sky, I feel the cotton of my t-shirt. You could hold ice in your hand and describe to yourself what you're experiencing. You could also try a guided meditation to focus on your breath, like one through insight timer or a calm. My second student question is how useful is meditation? Research has shown the positive results of practicing meditation. Studies have indicated that meditation helps reduce stress, decrease anxiety and depression, enhance self-awareness, lengthen attention span, and improve sleep. That's why we as therapists often encourage our clients to practice meditation. 
I think a lot of people are intimidated by this concept that meditation has to be done sitting cross-legged on the floor while listening silently to your breath for 30 or more minutes. Though that may work for some people, meditation can be practiced in a variety of settings with different kinds of actions. Some people prefer to listen to guided meditations where they can choose to focus on specific topics like self-esteem or relaxing into sleep. Some people find the practice of yoga to be the style of meditation they most prefer. Others find hiking or connecting to nature to be a mindful and meditative experience. Regardless of the specific style, those who practice meditation often feel more calm, present, and focused than they were before their practice. I think meditation is like distance running and that it's not something most people are good at on their first try. Meditation is something that needs to be practiced in order to see the benefits from it. That's not to say that you can't find relief from using meditation just once. However, being in the habit of practicing meditation regularly will give you the most favorable results. I encourage students to practice the guided meditation first as it helps you to slow the mind down and it can be less intimidating when you're given instructions on what to focus on. Remember, meditation can be done in small increments. Try meditating for two minutes and see if you notice a shift. My third student question is, how do we break the barrier of self-deception to make ourselves actually believe the positives that others and that we ourselves fail to believe? I think being in a position where one does not believe the positives they receive from others is complex and that there are likely a couple different possibilities for this. Perhaps the idea of believing in yourself feels like you're giving away the power to work hard and prove yourself to those around you. Thus, in a way, believing these negative thoughts keeps you feeling motivated to excel. The difficulty in this is that we can start out What can start out as motivating can become immobilizing and ultimately hinder us from doing our best work. Sometimes our self-esteem is so low that it may be hard to accept that someone thinks highly of you. If that's the case, I think talking with a therapist to understand where this is coming from and to find ways to improve your positive self-worth could be helpful. It can help to remember that even the most diligent, intelligent, attractive, and talented people have struggled with self-doubt or low self-esteem at different times in their lives. Give yourself permission to experience these feelings from time to time, and know that it's okay to seek help if it's getting in the way of feeling good about who you are and or what you're capable of. And that was the end of episode two of Let's Talk. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Thank you so much for the counseling services for helping us with this podcast. Now, wait for the next one next week. Thank you so much.